I'm not real, I'm just like you. You don't exist in this society. If you did, your people wouldn't be seeking equal rights. You're not real. If you were, you'd have some status among the nations of the world. So we'll both miss. I do not come to you as a reality. I come to you as the myth. Because that's what black people are. Myth. Welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I'm your host, Critical, and with me, my co-host, the the almost uh how can we say clairvoyant Nikki Lachey. Hello everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone feels awesome. I feel awesome. Do you feel awesome? I feel awesome. You 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 look awesome. You you actually are closing your eyes as you're speaking. Because if someone is uh, clairvoyant, they're, they're predicting. And then I, and I have to offer you an apology. There's some things that I said that didn't happen, and you said it did happen. And, and I have to... You have to offer me a what? An apology. Okay. I, I apo- I'm sorry for making you feel small. I don't like your apology. Wait a minute. What do you mean? I, I, I'm, you, didn't, you didn't make me feel small. I'm sorry for making you small. I don't like your policy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't accept. You don't accept? Okay. Maybe this will help you accept. Please out there, make me last by giving listeners support for the podcast. Thank you for those who are continuing continuously making me last. We really do appreciate we that. Appreciate- all 14 of y'all. Just stick in there. Stick in there with us. Thank you. <laughs> It'll double into 28, hopefully. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> Try to get to 50. <laughs> no, just 50. Not 51, just 50. <laughs> <laughs> He's stupid. Uh, don't worry. It's, it's enough for y'all out there. And uh, we're going to continue to make podcasts. Uh, for the listeners out there, Ninja don't give up. We how many podcasts is this? <laughs> uh, what's this? This is number what ninety? Is it ninety five? Not it was ninety four more of these, and all twenty three of y'all stuck in there. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I see you keep moving the numbers up. Twenty three. It's twenty three. I'm just doing the average. It ain't, ain't, ain't twenty three. And actually, this is number podcast number ninety five. 95. Yo, I know last podcast was 95 because we were talking about the year 95. What are you talking about? Last podcast we did was 95. It was 94. We said 95 because I was talking about 1995. 
Ooh, you must have dreamt that. You did not do that on that podcast. I've listened to that podcast many times as I, I edited it. Oh, okay. That's what's up. All right, folks. We're going to go ahead and get into it. But yes, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Today, we're going to be reviewing. Lovecraft Country. Episode, episode seven. seven. I am. Lucky number seven. Yep, yep, I am. And, uh, and this is episode 95 for the wow. Critical Blue Podcast. 95. 94 before you, huh? Mm. Okay. Now, this is directed by uh, Charlotte. I have a question for you. Do you make podcasts? Do you always say, oh, I'm going to make this top podcast better than the one before? No, I just make the podcast. <laughs> now, well, you need to have some more motivation than that. That <laughs> just make the podcast. Now, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So, uh, this is directed by Charlotte Sealing. Uh, she also directed The Man and Borgen. Uh, the co-writer Shannon Houston. Uh, she actually has, does the podcast that I uh, sometimes listen to. Um, it's like the HBO Max version they do the background uh scenes of what she wrote and what she was thinking about um when she was creating the story and uh she also co-wrote well she also wrote uh little fires everywhere and homecoming and uh the log line for this episode is a grief-stricken widow and mother decides to embark on a journey to figure out the truth behind her husband's death and is transported through time while discovering herself to be no longer small. And uh, the characters for this film, you have Hippolyta Freeman. I'm going to go ahead and bring the characters back because, you know, I think I think when the episode is focused on a certain character, I think I should bring them back again and, you know, discuss them, gotcha. uh, the characters. So you have Hippolyta Freeman, uh, who's, uh, once again, I said, was played by Anjanu. Ellis, she was in Pimp and Birth of a Nation. You have George Freeman. Um, welcome back, George. It was good seeing George again. I'd rather see George than to see Montrose, his angry ass. I'm gonna angry. Anyway, uh, he's being played by Courtney B. Vance. He was in Panther, not Black Panther, but Panther, the real Panthers. Uh, and uh, he was in Uncork. He was very funny in Uncork. And you have uh, Serafina, played by, well, excuse me, Serafina, a.k.a. Beyonce. Beyonce. It's really like, I guess it's like a little joke. If you look up the, uh, you, you all go out there, IMD, IMDB, uh, Love, Lovecraft Country, Episode 7, and look up Serafina. Serafina, you know, is the tall alien woman. And uh, her, a.k.a. nickname is Beyonce. So that's that's pretty interesting. Oh, look at that. Ah. Super. See, and she's a star of the sky. Super star. She's a superstar. Oh, okay. And then, uh, now she's being played by Karen LeBlanc. Uh, she was in the Soul Food TV series and Frontier. And you also have uh, Nawi, uh, played by Sophie Bradshaw. She was in Star Trek and Murder Mystery. And uh, now, the journey, or our journey, begins with Hippolyta unlocking or trying to unlock the Aurum. And uh, she 
gets frustrated and almost breaks it. And she comes to the conclusion that she needs to tilt the base and rotate on their axis. And she opens the orum and gets the key. And she notices um a coordinates yeah yeah coordinates yeah. and the message yeah so in the and you're right and the message said every beginning is in time and every limit of extension in space and the coordinates read 39.805499 uh negative 95.5159492 now we looked this up and guess what we found out? I'm pretty sure most of you all did too. I tried to find most of the coordinates for this stuff. Most of I wasn't I wasn't being able to find where it was going, but I did I was able to find this. I think the most important thing because it was on the uh, forum and it said 1073 205th Road, Troy, Kansas, 66087 USA. So that was the coordinates that was uh on the orum. And uh once uh, Hippolyta gets the key, then we go to Ruby, and you know Ruby uh, was uh, talking to Christina, and she was still upset about. Uh, actually, Christina took uh, Ruby into the basement that Ruby always wanted to go into, and Nikki, you were right. What did we find in the basement? We found out that the white boy is dead. So right, so Nikki was right. I thought that when you take the serum you turn into you can turn into the opposite of your ver of yourself so because you know she had blonde hair he had blonde hair and i was like oh okay you know they you know she turns to him right and that explains why we'll be turning to that particular white woman that she turned into dell because dell was also there dead because uh who, who was it it was letty letty killed dell uh, unless uh, later on Christina killed Dell. Um, but remember, Lady knocked Dell in the head with a shovel or something mm -hmm. like that. But anyway, uh, on on top of that, we find out that the uh, Christina discussed with uh, Ruby about the book of missing names. And it involves Letty. And it basically, uh, she told her it involves your family. And so that's when uh, Ruby's like, yo, tell me everything. And so uh, from that, we go on to... Well, then you said you think that her, that they have built some type of alliance together. And eventually they'll be working together. Right. I, I was hoping I can, that wouldn't I happen. Kinda, I can kind of see that happening as well when she was... Wait, 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 wait. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. So then... Uh, uh, that's when we go to uh, Letty. We see Letty and she's having this dream that she's running and she's on fire and pregnant. And it kind of reminded me of Dream Child from Nightmare on Elm Street. For some reason, I got this energy from that. But um, that's when uh, the woman stands there. She's standing there. Uh, I think that was Tick's uh, ancestor. And she's holding, she's pregnant as well, holding the book of names. And that's when uh, Letty wakes up on fire because she caught fire, just like Tick did. Or Tick did earlier, and they have a discussion. And but you know, uh, they have a discussion that they had the same dream. But Letty leaves out that Tick that she was pregnant. And it might be from Tick. And then we go to our uh, our Montrose. We go to Montrose apartment, and we see Montrose and the barkeep. I can't think of his name right now. But uh, JD or JP or something. It was, J, it was J, JD. 
Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, we find out that uh, that you know they are they're together and having breakfast, and Montrose seems happier, and we're like from him having he, this coming out like party. Train was telling the truth, huh? Huh? His name, name is Tree. Tree, the tree, tree one line, huh? Tree was telling the truth about y'all, huh? Wait a minute, we, we, we still having breakfast with. We, oh, oh, oh! Slow it down, slow down, damn, slow down. You'll be telling the ending in a few minutes. But, but the thing is, with um, Montrose, he, he's acting funny with um, his love interest uh, because they find out that the uh, when he was out, the neighbor. Um, I think the neighbor went to that store. What's the name of the store in, in um in uh, Chicago that you that used to be Macy's? Marshall Fields. Yeah, Marshall Fields. At at Marshall Fields, um, they found out that uh uh he met he met the neighbor, and so he doesn't Montrose doesn't want the neighbor to find out his business. So now all of a sudden he's being mean to to his uh, uh his, lover. his lover, and. And that's when he's like, "Hey, you know, the the the, the coffee's too cold or too too wet. <laughs> the the eggs are too eggy. <laughs> you know, everything is wrong. The orange juice is too orange. You know what I'm saying? And so um, from that point, they get into a fight, and it, it leads out to the hallway. And that's when that tree was telling the truth, huh? Y'all, y'all, you you." So uh, that's when, uh, that's when, like you said, uh, Tick he runs into Montrose. They get to a big argument, and from that point, uh, we kind of get this energy. But um, that's when uh, Tick, you know, he get upset or whatever, and you know, uh, uh, Montrose said, "Don't call me out my name." And Tick goes downstairs, and that's when Letty. Uh, talks to Tick, and that's when Tick, you know, tells her about the abuse that he, he that he went through. He endured by his father. He always thought because his father wanted to make him stronger and make him better. When in actuality, he thinks that his father beat him because he didn't want him to turn it into him, or he was trying to beat himself, beat himself out of his son. Yeah, not the you know he was saying like reading books was soft or whatever the right. case may be. <clears throat> You need to be more manly, right? But um, that's when uh, and the other thing that picked off, uh, that pissed off Tick was the fact that the mother knew about uh, what Montrose was doing. Right, so he he like, did mom know? He's like, yes, mom that, yeah. that just was heartbreaking because that means that they he feels like they lied to him all his life as a little kid. Right, right. And then we go back to Hippolyta. Now, uh, now we see uh, uh, Hippolyta. She's uh, she t- uh, oh 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 my bad my bad. So Hippolyta she's actually leaving. She's getting ready to do some work, and that's when Tick and. Uh, uh, Letty, they figured they discovered they need to go visit Tick's cousin, Ethel. And so they're like, hey, you know, Hippolyta, we need the vehicle. She's like, I'm about to use it. And then so what he Tick does, he tries to use the 
the uh, women shouldn't be driving. Yeah, like your, your husband wouldn't you know let you do that, and she 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 lit one in a tick. Like nah nah, it's my car. You're not getting this vehicle. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have the authority to make me small. Right? Did he leave for the authority to you when he died? No. Right, right. And so um, that's when. Yeah, and then, then she was so pissed off, she ran the stop sign. I don't know if y'all noticed that. She was pissed. She ran the hell out that stop sign. She's supposed to have got a ticket. Got a ticket, that's what she's saying. So uh, uh, then after that, uh, you have uh, Letty and Ruby. You know, they, they have some tension that's going on. And it kind of reminded you of Brat and Lisa Ray that just happened, that storyline. <laughs> Do you want to bring everybody else up to the Brat and Lisa Ray story to kind of get the idea of the energy that's going on between Letty and Ruby? Well, I ain't going to gossip or nothing. Mm-hmm. What I had heard was um, Brett did not tell her sister. Well, Brett did not come out to her sister about her sexuality. And she didn't tell her sister that she was in love or that she was considering marriage. Her sister, Lisa, said she had, she had reached out for her for almost a year. And Brett made no attempt to call her back or communicate with her but then had the audacity to come on her social media show and try to wish her a happy birthday like they was cool. Lisa's like, shh. Oh, I can't hold this shit in. Bitch, what you doing here? What you doing here? I ain't talked to your ass in hello. You been wish me a what? <laughs> yeah. Brett, Brett knew that shit was just phony as fuck. She couldn't do shit either. Yeah, she was so nervous playing, mm-hmm. playing in her braids. Yeah, she, she turned back to an eight-year-old. Oh, <laughs> Red-handed. Oh, some bullshit. Yeah. And so, uh, also, uh, what happens is um, Ruby tells, uh, right before uh, Hippolyta left, Ruby said she was going to babysit Diana and her friends and have the friends over. And so, uh, what ended up happening was they had a discussion. Uh, they were playing cards or whatever, and one of the kids asked about Bobo. Like where's Bo- I can't wait for Bobo to get back because he knew how to play uh-huh. this game, whatever the card game, whatever. And uh, and that's when we get uh, Ru- oh so so before that uh, that's when uh, not not Ruby but uh, Lydia uh, not Lydia what's her name Liddy 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 she's like uh, she she can't smell the uh, the scent of garlic. Like that, that she gets her sick. Stand the yeah, garlic. yeah, she can't. Making yeah. her sick, but she's always loved garlic in the past. So, um, somebody having dreams of fish. No, right, right. And then so after that, uh, she goes in the room, and when she goes in the room, the orum cuts on. But that, oh, she sees the orum, and then it actually cuts on for him. Yep. As soon as she sees, oh, you know which what? Is ironic because, um. Because Hippolyta needed a needed a key and everything for the she needed. Well, to no, turn she turned it. she turned on the axes. Yeah, yeah, she needed to turn it up, turn on the axles in for, order for it to come on, and and it just came on right by itself like it was meant to be, right? Right. But before that, before that happened though, you had Hippolyta um, when she was driving down the you know street or whatever. Then we come across Betsy Stringfield, and a lot of people are probably wondering now who's Betsy Stringfield. Now, if you saw the show. Betsy Stringfield was the uh, black woman that was uh, uh, riding first on the motorcycle. Motorist yeah, first African American woman. States, all forty-eight states on her on her motorcycle. Yep, and uh, she drove across uh, the U.S. Uh, she also is credited 
for breaking down barriers for both women and Jamaican-American motorcyclists. Uh, she was inducted to the Hall of Fame of Motorcyclists, of, of motorcyclists, excuse me, and she also was a carrier between domestic army bases. And uh, she's also the founder of the Iron Horse Motorcycle Club, wow. and she's the motorcycle queen of Miami. So that was a nice, uh, a nice uh, egg they uh, stored for us uh, on uh, Hippolyta's travels. And then uh, in St. Louis, uh, we see Tick uh, with his cousin Birdie, and uh, he's asking questions about Ethel, and um, he asks about the Book of Names, and she was like, you know, yeah, I'm kind of familiar with it, but. You know, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it got burnt in the Tulsa riots, and um, so you know, so Tick was kind of you know discouraged with that. And then also, I think he had some pictures. I think uh, pictures she, of the. She offered to show him her album book of her of their own relatives. Right. Right. And he agreed. He said, "Yeah, he wants. He's interested." Right. And then uh, we go to Mayfield. And uh, in Mayfield, Hippolyta goes to the time machine. You know, she gets out of the car, heads to the time machine, and we go back to Letty and Ruby. Now, this is where we left off with Letty and Ruby. Um, and and you made an interesting comment. You said something about the black man unemployed laying pipe. What, what does that mean? <laughs> Everybody knows that the, the most interesting and the... Um, Skilled um, sexual partners are those who are unemployed. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Those are the pipe layers. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right. The unemployed laying pipe. All right. That's all they can do. They can't get a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so basically, they they would. They're, they're lazy um, gigolos. They're not even getting paid to be gigolos. I wouldn't say they're lazy. They can put in work. No one's saying lazy, not at all. <laughs> all right. And also, we find Letty. Uh, we find, well, Letty finds out that she may be pregnant, as we mentioned earlier, because of the smell of garlic. And that's when she enters the room and the oral cuts on. Uh, and, and that's when Letty is like, you know, wow, you know what I mean? And then we go back to St. Louis. And we see Tick and Letty, they're on the phone. Well, actually, before they get on the phone, that's when Tick, he notices that his cousin, Ethel, has a birthmark on her arm. And he has that same birthmark on his left shoulder blade. Or right, was it right shoulder blade? I think it was his left shoulder blade. But anyway, um, the, it was funny, the facial expression when his cousin comes and Birdie comes mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, if you want to put on your, put on your shirt. Mm-hmm. Around here, letting the devils in the house, you know, you know the little sayings, but that's okay. But anyway, uh, that's when uh, the, uh, uh, the there's a phone call. There's a phone call, and to Birdie's house. And a lot of people were like saying, "That's weird. How did Letty know that you know to call uh, uh, Birdie's number? How did they know that?" And Nikki explained to the people, to the to wait, wait, wait before explain to the new millennials and the generation xers because that's the only people that listen to my stuff there's a few millennials and mostly generation xers explain to the generation xers that probably first phone they've all that they probably seen was a rotary phone maybe they saw the rotary phone maybe but explain to the generation xers why letty was able to get in contact with tick at birdie's house well back in the day before cell phones, before 
cordless phones. Before rotary phones. Touch tone phones. <laughs> yeah, before, phones before rotary phones, how people had it, when people had to communicate with other people, they did it through the operator. So you pick up the phone, that's the operator, and you give her the name of the person who you were trying to reach. That's how the phone call was connected. You didn't need a number, you just needed a name. Now, there you go. Thank you. And 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 Nikki hit me to that because I was confused at first. I'm like, yeah, well, maybe, you know, they had the number. You know what I'm saying? But then come to find out. We, well, we knew that when in the beginning when Tick was on the phone saying, can, can you trust me to Korea? Right, right, right. And that, that was one thing. That's how he was getting in contact with Jia. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so also we go back to Mayfield. And that's when uh, your girl Hippolyta turns on the machine with the key. Now, the uh, what she went by was mass, rotation, velocity, and radius, and the uh, length of the time of the planet to rotate around two suns. Two suns. Not just one. See, they, they were so lazy in this universe, they didn't call one star a sun and then call the other star a different name. They just named it two names. You know what I'm saying? That's just like naming if you had two sons, you named your both sons Jaden. Like, 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 how do you tell the I difference don't between Jaden? That I don't think that it's actually called the sun. What I believe is she called it the sun because its properties is the same as the sun's properties is to us. Mm. So the sun, that's that's our sun to Earth. But whatever they're from, whatever planet they're from, their object that they have in the sky, in the sky, which is the same as our sun, is their version of our sun. The star they have in the sky. <laughs> the star, the star. Each star is different because you got a pulsar star that's somewhere else. <laughs> they got every every star has its own name. Every star has. And they just name. got lazy but and call it two suns. No, we don't know their name. We don't know what they call it, but it's it's, it's their version of a sun. Oh, okay. Now we it's kind of like. That's, I eat this for breakfast and you eat that for breakfast, so that's your breakfast and it's my breakfast. I don't mean you call it breakfast, you might call it shittest. I don't know what the hell you call shittest. it. Shittest. Shittest? That might be what you call it. In you some compare, alternative universe, it could be called shittest. You compare breakfast to shit. Interesting. Okay, <laughs> alright, cool. Interesting. Very, I found that very interesting. So, uh, so now, also... <laughs> analysis? I didn't... <laughs> I didn't compare. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so now <laughs> we all, we also get the police. Uh, they arrive and they're and they're uh, with Lancaster. Remember Lancaster's crew? Yeah, yeah from the beginning. They said that they they had their guards and everything out there watching the place. Right. So then they come by and they notice that the machine is on, and they catch Hippolyta. Oh, I got how lost. Did, how, how did you get that to turn off? So that again, they tried to make her small. Like you can't get that machine to turn off. How did you do? Right, which I think might come back in the end later on, but um, also uh, that's when we uh, a fight ensues, and that's when your boy Tick appears out of nowhere. Now this is uh, all right, all right, all right. We're gonna break this down. We're gonna break this down. This is where it gets a little little sticky. All right, so your girl Hippolyta is in Mayfield, Kansas, right? Tick is in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, now they all came from Chicago. Now, for like for Hippolyta to go from Chicago to Mayfield, it takes eleven hours and ten minutes, right? To uh, for Tick to go from Chicago to St. Louis to visit Ethel, or not Ethel, to visit uh, Birdie, that's like four hours and forty-one minutes. Okay, 
Now, the thing is, though, even though Tick, you know, she would let Hippolyta, she left early. Remember, she left in the daytime. And then I, I want to say that Tick arrived at Birdie's house at night. But uh, so he left a little later, of course. Because he was on the bus. He right, he was on the bus. He doesn't have a car. But then all of a sudden, at, in, in Mayfield, from Mayfield, well, I would say from Chicago, or excuse me, St. Louis, to get from St. Louis to Mayfield, Kansas, it takes seven hours. And he has no vehicle. No bus. No, no bus. I don't think. You know what I'm saying? We don't. We don't know. We don't know any other means of his transportation. And he made it just in time to save Hippolyta. Because he used the time machine. All right. He went back to that time so he could save Hippolyta. Okay. Okay. So That's people it. might not really understand. So can we, when we come back, when we end it, can, do you think you can bring us back here so we can we can do it? Because last time we forgot. Then you could do it. Oh sure. You think so? Oh, no. Okay. All right. We, we, she gonna bring us back later on to explain the whole situation why we think that Tick made it on time. Okay. Oh, sure. All right. So then uh, after that, uh, we noticed that uh, the fight ensues between Tick and the police officers. Um, Hippolyta she shot one of the police officers if I'm not mistaken. Shot him dead. Yeah. So like Tick went in there like a wild man while everybody got guns. He just swinging haymakers. And then, um, <laughs> and so then, uh, uh, Hippolyta, she shoots one of the police officers and I want to say that it knocks him into the time machine. He knocks him to the time machine, which turns it on, I think, or on high, on some type of high force because it was strong enough to suck Hippolyta's ass up in there. Right. Before, yeah, before that, uh, Tick throws one of the men, one of the police officers into the portal. And so um, that did happen. He was thrown into the portal, and the like you said, the the the, the time machine was so powerful that it sucked Hippolyta into time. And then we see a rocket or like a meteor plummeting to Earth. Um, it just hits the planet, and I think it's the same area because the coordinates came up the same. The coordinates came up the same to be Troy, Kansas. And so we're thinking, me and uh, Nikki thought that maybe she was like so far to the future that civilization no longer inhabited the earth. Mm. The, the star, our sun, probably turned into a burned giant out. star. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Because when it turns into a giant star, everything burns out. You know what I mean? Because everything basically is, is inflamed or whatever the case. So, but everything is, 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 is and, and also there's a lot of glass on the ground too. So I know like glass fight glass has something to do with fire. I know I don't know what the mixture is to make glass, but I know it has something to do with fire. And it was glass like you see glass stuck into the you know the ground of the uh, of this planet, and there's nothing in sight, and it's the same coordinates as of Troy, Kansas. Now we have Hippolyta. Uh, she's taken in, I'm assuming, by these giant aliens, and now she's on a spaceship and she's naked. And a lot of people felt indifferent about that. That I was because that was unnecessary nudity. She didn't. She had clothes sitting right next to her, so they have no reason to be showing her looking like a little thirteen-year-old boy. 
<laughs> they did not have to show that. She could have had her clothes on. That shows no value. A 13-year-old boy who loved cake. A 13-year-old boy <laughs> who ate a lot of cake. So, all right, all right. I, I look at it like this. I feel like it was it, it, it was a messaging the whole don't body shame message. I, I, I feel like it's getting to certain areas. It's getting to certain areas where it's just like, all right, now we're talking about body shaming, and usually it's you know certain other people's objectives. You know what I'm saying? But I, I guess it's it's worldly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it was unnecessary nudity. Okay, yeah, because a lot of people were talking about they like they didn't really like that scene with her being naked. They weren't comfortable with that. I, I didn't care so much. I felt like all right, this is the message. The message is about body shaming. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this is what they're she's she's you know the actress is proud of her body. I think the girl from Orange is the New Black did the same thing. It showed her in the bed. And you know, if she didn't have that model s type body, I think it was Arch New Black second season, the uh the black woman, I think she was the antagonist of that of that uh uh season. And it, they had episodes where she was naked and it was like, oh, you know, I wonder why she's naked. But you know, it's one of those things because we used to uh we're used to uh perfect body, the yeah, the perfect body, yeah, perfect yeah. So, no stretch marks unrealistic right right so i think that was the message they were trying to uh send out there and uh and and, and finally she puts on her clothes but she's met by i am or uh or what, what did i what did i call the name the first time uh beyonce beyonce yep and uh but she goes by uh seraphina but beyonce is a nickname so we're going to call her beyonce for now so anyway um, she's met by Beyonce and uh, she looks like Garnet Garnet from uh, Steven Universe I don't know who watches Steven Universe out there but um, she wants to escape and she won't let her escape but she's telling her that she's not uh, she's not not enslaved but she's not uh, you're not in jail you're not locked up you're not locked up yeah I think that's the word she used um, so but yet you know uh Hippolyta, we get to see her brilliance. We get to see how Hippolyta works. works. She yeah. talks out loud and, and she's her own both her own own worst enemy. She, I, I don't she, I don't think so because she that she the one that got her out of the situation. She like, did, but then at I don't the same think that was her own worst like, enemy. Well, I mean she, she to just, a certain degree. I think that she beats herself up a lot. Oh, uh, because like she beats herself up a lot and then not not enough. Oh uh, she that beats makes sense. Oh uh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that. No. So what I got Towards was the end you gonna get. That. So what I got was from that point was Hippolyta. Um, she talks herself through her uh, products, her challenges. Yeah, yeah, her obstacles. And so she's her basically her partner, her own partner. Right. She answers and asks herself questions, and basically, and that's how and she solves it. She solves her own riddles. You know what I mean? So it's almost like she builds upon herself. Well, she's she basically like herself. she's basically like Naruto. For those who watch Naruto and watch where if you watch Naruto and how he makes another version of himself to make the ball bigger, to make his ball powerful, because it's like a certain ball. I forgot the name of the energy ball that he uses, but he uses himself because he can't do it by himself. He's supposed to do it by yourself. But he makes another version of himself to help him with the energy ball. That's what makes the energy ball stronger. And then that's what she kind of does. She kind of talks with herself to get like the procedure done or whatever the case uh-huh. and she comes up with the solution you know what i mean so uh i thought that was pretty dope now 
the thing is she actually learns how to escape and the robot pushes her away keeps using the force field and the robot is like name yourself you know what i mean and you know at this point uh you could tell she's kind of losing it because she she you're talking about somebody what this is the 60s right the 50s or the 60s i thought it was the 30s 30s the 30s you sure? Ain't no thirties. Check, look it up. Make sure we get up there. I'm saying, I'm thinking that we in the fifties, sixties. Um. So, uh, but what ends up, end up happening is, um, uh, she she's asked to name herself, and seeing all of this, the point I'm trying to make is that the era that she's in, she sees all of this, and it's it's hard to for somebody from our era to understand what's going on but imagine somebody from her era to understand everything that's going on dealing with aliens and and you know outer space and stuff like that so um she she kind of starts goes into a laughter and kind of loses herself a little bit and then all of a sudden she is taken well she said that she, you know she's asked where do you want to be name yourself and she's like she wants to be on stage dancing with josephine baker and actually that's who um that's who hippolyta was listening to when we ran uh when we ran into betsy stringfield that's who hippolyta was listening to on the radio she was listening to josephine baker and all of a sudden she's on stage in the middle of a show and you know at the end uh they take off their bra and show their breasts hippolyta wasn't ready to reveal herself you know what I'm saying? And, and you brought it out, Nikki, that it was a lot of people that were dancing uh, actually had different types of shapes and bodies. The only the only, the only person who had the baddest body up there was uh, was Josephine Baker. But you know, it was a lot of people that had their own type of body shape. And when you say bad, what exactly you mean? Not you bad mean? meaning bad, but bad meaning good. <laughs> a nice, shapely body. Right, yeah, she was thick. Yeah, Josephine Baker was there, <laughs> and um, so yeah, so they're in uh, 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 Fra- uh, uh, Paris, France, and that's when uh, eventually she talks with Josephine Baker. Who, who all had dreams that you talked to like celebrity? You ever had a dream you spoke to a celebrity? I've never had a dream like that. I've had a dream that I spoke to BG for some reason from the Hot <laughs> Boys. We had like a good conversation. We were just talking. I don't know why we were just. It was after a show, and I was in Savannah. Y'all being high together too. No, I didn't. I didn't get high. I didn't get high. And your dream, did you? No, we just we just talked. It was like, hey, I, you know, we just just engaging in conversation. He kind of, we were just outside. We were just tripping. You know what I mean? It was it was interesting. I was like, oh shit, I wouldn't even real BG, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So, but yeah. But she, you know, she talks to Josephine Baker, and and, and she's like, we don't know how long she's there. You know, it seems like she's there to get. She's there long enough to get comfortable. She knows the girl, you know, the girl, she knows the crew, she knows the boys out there. Like, everything is cool. She's like her, living her best life. Best life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she's on coke. She's, she's on weed. Drugs. She's flirting she's with women. women. She was liberated. Dudes. Yeah. She was teaching them how to dance. Look at me. She was the star. Right. And then we even meet uh, the uh, artist, the artist with the unibrow. And uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And for those who don't know uh, about Frida Frida Kahlo, um, she's a Mexican painter of self-portraits and works inspired by the nature and artifacts of Mexico. 
and her real name is very long. It's like Magdalena Carmen Frida Callaho Ye Calderon. <laughs> that is a name for you, and I will not say her name again. And uh, so, you know, she she isn't she even has a little uh, a little uh, short. Uh, what, do, what do you call it when appearance? Uh, so I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, also, at the uh, bar, she's talking uh, with Josephine Baker, Hippolyta. She's speaking to Josephine Baker, and she gets a little emotional. They have an emotional conversation. You can tell they have a connection, and she's talking about she feels like she's being lynched. Like she, like her, like her role, the role that she plays, the role that she plays as a black person is very small. Like, it's almost like you're allowed to only be this. You know what I'm saying? When enough people, when enough black people start making money, for some reason, all of a sudden you get a lot of white supremacists come and start shutting down, you know, black people's businesses. and They got to jump through hoops now. You know, certain businesses that other people have to go through don't have to go through these hoops all of a sudden these black businesses that's coming up without white permission have to go through these hoops you know what i mean and i and i i got that from when she was saying you know the role that she has to pay has to play you know what i'm saying it's like you can only do this you know even when it came to her naming uh naming the planet you know what i'm saying it was to the point or was it the comment it was the planet in the book, I believe. And then in the comet, you know, she had to name the comet. But when it came to naming the comet, you know, uh, another white woman, yeah. yeah, another white woman this can't got be there. The appearance. You're, you're, you're not the type of person that we want representing us. Right. But, yeah, not only that, she just didn't have the, 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 um, the finances to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think she used a, the other woman used the telegraph or something like that to get the message to name uh, the comet or something like that. I think it's called a telegraph. But anyway. But yeah, she, you know, and she, she is almost like a puppet master type of thing. Like you can only be this, you know, you, since you're a woman, you can only do this, but since you're a black woman, you can only do less than that. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, she was angry. Figure out a way to lynch me without the rope. Right. Exactly. And she was angry. She was angry at white people. She was angry enough. She's like, she wants to kill them. She was angry at herself because she let them do it. Yeah. And that, that later on come to find out after she said that, you know, she would want she would want to kill them you know what i'm saying she was so angry she wants to kill them that she says she's that's they're not the only reason they, they're not the only ones that's on the hook you know what i'm saying or on the rope so to speak she only, she also hates herself right. for allowing it to happen exactly that's why i said she 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 um she's too hard on herself and she's not hard on herself enough same concept mm. she's too hard on herself because she's upset that she can't figure out things and she's not hard enough because she didn't fight when she noticed she was more than right so that's basically the things that she understands um she's she doesn't push for it yep you know yeah and then things that she can't control she beats herself up exactly i got you okay and then we're taking a trip because she tells herself she is she says her name what does she say her name is George's wife. No, no, not yet, not yet. So that's when uh, you're right. But Hippolyta. But I thought you were going to extend the. But you didn't. But uh, that's when we meet the uh, Now We Warriors. You know what I mean? And the uh, Now These women bad. All right. So this. When I say bad, I don't mean their bodies bad. I just mean they bad. 
yeah, they, they'll, they'll fuck you up. So this is the thing. Now you have now they're based off a real group, a real group of women, uh, the Daomi Amazons, Amazon. the Mino or the Minan, uh, which means our mother or so-called Daomi Amazons by European writers. So the European writers call them the, the Daomi Amazons. Now, uh, they were all a uh, female military regiment of the kingdom of Daomi in the present day uh, public of Benin. Benin. And uh, basically this is where Wonder Woman, the, uh, the stories of Wonder Woman and the Dora Milaje from, um, from Black Panther, this is what they were based off of. And you said you have some... Her name is associated to Wonder Woman as well. Yeah, and her daughter Diana. Because Diana, Diana, her daughter. Right, right. Now, but you had some information about the women. Remember the women that was in wars? I know like they would do stuff where they would have uh, people, I think, what's it, the men? The men would like get on their knees so the women could sit down on them. Like they like chairs or something like that. And then, uh, but he was saying something about how the, the uh, white armies would fight them, and they would be like, they were Amazons. They were like seven right, feet tall. Yeah, that's what that's what the term Amazon. Now, when you think about Amazon, because of what they said, you think of big, tall women, seven feet tall, strong women who look like men. That that was the lie that he that they said to explain how they were. They got their asses kicked. How they got their asses kicked by women. They couldn't say it was a regular woman woman they had to say that it was an amazon which is an amazing woman mm-hmm. and so um we see hepolita she's training and she uh she's training and that's when you see a speech is formed and made um and it was basically about why you need to get up you know this is why you need to get up you know what i'm saying and why you need to fight you know for what you need to believe in and she started getting better she turned into neo Remember Neo when all of a sudden, you know, it started getting easier and easier and easier because first she was afraid. She was so afraid. She on the ground with the sword like, eh, 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 you know, trying to, you know, swipe at it and stuff. She was making herself small because she felt like she couldn't do it. But once she put her mind to it and she mm-hmm. told herself she could, she did. Right. And then that's when... And that's when uh, you see uh, them getting ready to fight the colonizers, and they were taking them out, you know, taking, taking off heads. You know what I'm saying? And and weren't they? I want to say that they were known for cutting off heads. I don't know where I'm getting that from. That's back from that Amazon myth. That's that whole story that they said about the Amazon women. Oh, they they, they take your head or whatever. They cut, they cut heads off. Yeah, the seven feet tall woman. That's what they did. And then, uh, and then, and then that's the other thing too. You know, like after becoming a warrior in a war, you fight a war. You know what I'm saying? Like you, Hippolyta, the mother, the the wife. You know what I'm you saying? Hippolyta, famous dancer. Now you're the dancer. Now you're the famous dancer. Best friends with uh, your girl. One of your biggest idols, Josephine Baker. Right. And, you, and now you, Hippolyta, the warrior. Like the, the, the one mean, who. Where can you go next? You done done everything. I mean, I mean, she wanted to kill white people, and she's cutting their heads off. You know what I'm saying? Like she, so, 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 can she really come back to that day and time? We shall see. Now, what she does is she stops and she says she's George's wife. She want to go back to her regular simple life, and she wants to tell George what he did to her. Right. How did he? How he made feel, her feel? Right. Right. And 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 it's something you said. Her, he went through. She even went through her, every adventure she had. She went and told him about it. Oh my God! It just hit me. She told him about all the events that she that took place 
in the Lovecraft story to George. George is gonna write that book. That's when he wrote the book. Oh, I found me. Look, look at you! Wow, look at you! That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Now, for those who don't understand, we're gonna remember. We still gotta come to the end. So we, we got to talk about some stuff at the end, right? Remember, all right. So, uh, uh, so you got to bring me to breast on that, because you know <laughs> I'm gonna forget. Um, so yeah, so yeah, and that's gonna be hard for her to come back to that. So yeah, so she goes as George's wife, and that's when she, uh, she, she, you know, basically, you, you, you said something else too. You said that she, that George had to die for her to find herself. Exactly. You know. So and also, um, she's angry. She's she's angry at herself because she allowed herself to shrink and um she was letting george know that you know he helped she, make her feel small yeah, as well not you know helping her go out you know what i'm saying and you know it's like and, and this is the thing where I, where I got from the um the writer because the writer was talking about it. the writer was like if if george would you know shut the fuck up and listen and she had an attitude when she said this i'm like i don't know maybe a little because i felt like you know this is human stuff what george was doing it wasn't nothing anything crazy yeah, he was in a little in denial, but it was nothing crazy, and he found himself out. But with the way how the writer of this script got mad, like he was shutting the fuck up and listening to a hippie like that. She's so angry. Now, for those who are watching it, you wouldn't pick it up by watching the watching it live action. It seems like a simple conversation, but hearing the writer say this. It was kind of like, damn! I hear anger. You know, there's mm-hmm. anger in there. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't see, understand what but anger in, is. In, but in the scene itself, George was not being very dismissive. He asked questions because that's how you, that's how you understand what the other person was saying. Right. Now he did say and that. And he apologized that he did that. Right. He acknowledged. He that acknowledged. He did that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. So I was, you know, I saw, I was, I was, I was finding, I found it, I found it very weird for the writer to be so agitated with George. If you could just shut the fuck up. And it wasn't like she was joking. It was actually like it was under her skin. Like George really got under her skin when he did that shit. And I was just like, ah, feminine. I see you. No. Hippolyta Freeman. And I want you to be as big as you can be. I am Hippolyta. Discoverer. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so that that was interesting. But like you said, George came out and really, you know, stated, you know, that he he apologized. He listened to her stories. Now he, like I said, he was a little little defensive, just to be like, I, I didn't know. I, I thought, why didn't you say anything to me? You know what I'm saying? And she was like, I tried to. You know what I mean? But you know, it was like one of those things where, as being the man in that time. You know, your you wife know, your comes with you. Your job is to protect your wife, and your wife stays home with the kids. Right, because money. right, because if uh, the police pull you over and kills you both, who's gonna take care of Diana? You know what I'm saying? If the police decides to rape you, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna have to get himself killed to save you. You know what I'm saying? It's too many, you know, variables. And so George wasn't in the wrong to do that, but that system the system is like it's like working at a job right if you're working at a job you're doing what you're supposed to be doing but sometimes you can get frustrated doing you know doing that job that you're doing you know what i'm saying even though it's for the company you're doing it for the company for the company to grow and possibly for you to grow to get you know you know uh, 
employee of the year or month or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a lot of frustrating things you got to put up with. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I kind of, I kind of, you know, got that as well from that. Um, but I'm glad that he did listen. You know what I'm saying? That was the most important thing, message from the story was to listen to your lady. You know what I'm saying? Listen to your lady friends. Don't make them feel small. Minus everything that I was saying earlier, the most important thing, you got to listen to them. And, you know, as my friend, Nikki, I I apologize for not listening to you when you were making your predictions. I like that apology, and I accept. Wonderful. Just like that's what he going to get all her information, and he going to write a book and took all the credit for it. That's her adventure. <laughs> that's her adventure she just told him about. <laughs> and he going to write a book with his well, name We don't know it. yet. But, but that... But that but it, it's, it's a possibility. You might have That's a point one there. of them lead pipe motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And so, uh, and the other thing too, uh, that's when she's like, and you could tell, like, she's not the same. When he when she's speaking to George, she has some like a, she she's, a different life. She, she has she has royalty her about her. Yeah. Very regal. Confident. Yeah, very confident. confident. Mm-hmm. And she's basically like, you know, I'm the discoverer. You know what I'm saying? That's what I am. She's like, come with me. So that, that means she comes from a whole list of great ancestors. So one of her ancestors was a dancer with Josephine Baker. One of her ancestors is going to be a warrior in the Amazon tribe. Well, we don't know that yet. We I, That's my prediction. Okay. My prediction again. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then also uh, we get to a point where uh, we hear... Um, we actually see George and uh, Hippolyta. Hippolyta has the blue hair, um, just like the comic book that her daughter Diana uh, would draw for them uh-huh. or illustrate. And uh, we see them getting out of the spaceship that looks just like the Woody. Remember that? Yep. And so then uh, after that, uh, we we I, I think they go on their own travel guide. They do their own travel guide together. Something that they were supposed to do together in reality or in that current time when George was alive and she didn't get a chance to do it with them because of, you know, her being forced, you know, to stay at home. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's when uh, we hear uh, Sun Ra Orchestra uh, in the background and he's talking about, you know, how black people are myths. And I thought that was very interesting uh, quote at the beginning. Um, we're gonna black have- person can't be educated and and like rap music that doesn't exist hmm? it's a myth. That's a, you just saying that no i'm saying that that's the that's the myth that he's describing you can't be great and black oh okay 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 gotcha gotcha okay and then uh that's when uh we think oh no and that's when we go and we see uh hippolyta she's like you know, full of energy. She's like in the universe, and she runs into um, she runs into Beyonce, and that's when she's like, "You can stay with us, you know, and be everything, do everything, anything, you know." And she's like, "You know, but I have Diana at home. She needs me, and she needs me." But she said, "But she sighs." Now this is where it gets interesting. I didn't tell you this part. I don't think I told you this part. The writer said she didn't go back because the whole the whole thing was the whole thing was that um 
as women, well, not as women, but this is her point of view now. She was saying as women, and maybe you can attest to this, uh, when you have a family, it basically limits you as a woman, the things that you can do, what you want to do. Because now you got to worry about the kids. You got to worry about this for the husband. So a lot of things you can't really do for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, I guess not a lot selfless of travel. Act. It is a selfless act. However, it's not true. Mm. It's one of those things that I don't know why they don't believe that it doing both but back in the day you couldn't do them both that was like it, it was impossible but now we are liberated hmm. so um right so and that's when uh uh something happened i'm forgetting something so that's when yeah yeah so the back to the writer the writer was saying that yeah um she didn't go back because you know a lot of people she was like well i felt some type of way because it was a writer and other woman that's on the podcast like i feel some type of way because um you know well no, one writer was like she said she felt some type of way but the first the actual writer was like yeah because as a mother you know you don't want to go back to that you can do whatever you want so you're not going to go back and then the other person was like well um i feel some type of way because that's her responsibility as her family you know what I'm saying? And so they were like, yeah. And it, they were saying that you have the characters, the main characters, they make choices and do things you're not going to like. And that was the choice that she made that we didn't like. The fact she didn't go back to Diana. But she said she did. No, the, the writer said she did. We don't, we don't say because she said she did. No, she didn't say that. She, she said, she no, said she said, I did. need to. She said, but Di- no, she said, Diana needs me. Diana needs That's me. That's it. She didn't say, I, I'm going to go back. I mean, you. she's thinking about it, of course. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you there. She's thinking about it, but. So we're still waiting for her to make the decision. But the writer said she did. I guess I don't think that. I think it would be impossible for her not to. And then it goes to your boy Tick coming back. And then all of a sudden, that's when Tick has the book that says uh, the Oritha or- Blue. No, no, no. The Lovecraft. My bad. Oritha Blue book. That's with the um, that's the book that Diana did. But um, um, but yeah, the Lovecraft Country, written by George. Written by George. Uh, uh, um, author, author George or something like that. Wow. You know, George Freeman. So writing books. Right. So, um, but yeah, so it was some things we, we needed to discuss that you were going to help me remember. And I, because I forgot, I can't remember. It was uh, something about what we were going to talk about that you were going to help me remember. We already talked about it. No, no, we did. They're going to be so bad about, with us. We just talked about it, but I just told you that George took all her stories and he wrote the book. Right. But it was something else I was going to talk about. But anyway, I can't remember. Well, I'm sorry, guys. We uh, can't remember what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, so what were your comparisons? Um, my comparison would be Yo Gaba Gaba. Yo Gaba Gaba. Um, for those who don't have children in their 20s. <laughs> 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 oh, no, I wasn't that old for real. Maybe it's about 10, maybe 10, 11 years old. It's a show, it's similar to. Um, if y'all, if you guys remember um, the Lamb Chop show, this is the never-ending song that goes on and on and on. All right, so some people started right. singing it. Is that, that is that all you have for your comparisons? And they'll continue okay. singing it. Okay, so my comparison is okay, Steven okay. Universe. I, see, that was mine. 
You took my other one. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you took all day. Steven <laughs> Universe is mine, and Lucy. Okay. And uh, 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 what, what's the one? Dog, I, I I forgot the one where the girl she was supposed to be going out of space, and I can't think of the name of it. Uh, Encounter. I think it's called Encounter or mm. something like that. I think it's called. It's Star Trek. Okay. Star Trek. Okay. And now, what would you rate this episode? I will rate it seven Lovecraft books written by George. That's good. That is good. Um, I'm going to rate this. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it eight and a half small Hippolytus. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of that. I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm really trying to think of some stuff. Uh, I can say... Nah, I'm not going to say that. Um... Okay, I know. You know what? I'm gonna give it eight and a half. Um, what I'm gonna give it? I'm gonna give it eight and a half. Josephine Baker. Eight, what? No, I'm gonna <laughs> get, give it eight and a half thick Josephine Bakers. That's what I'm gonna give. That's not like a pervert. All right. Well, our time is short today, and uh, well, I mean, the, the episode isn't short, but you know, it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye to all my podcast friends. Bye-bye. We're not dying, though. We'll be back. Okay, I don't know where that came from. (laughs) All right, guys, y'all take it easy. Uh, Be safe. Any any, uh, message of your um, Instagram? My Instagram is NikkiLB1. NikkiLB1. Mine is Critical Blues Reviews, Critical with a K on Instagram, Critical Blues Reviews on Facebook, Critical with a K. And critical blue reviews on uh, what Instagram, not Instagram, uh, Twitter. All right. So I will holler at y'all later, and that's uh, critical with the K. I think that's critical blue. Here I am again to help you guys out on a promise you couldn't keep. Y'all supposed to explain a certain uh, thing, and y'all didn't do it. Luckily, I was in the room when it happened, even though y'all ignored me. But, uh, yeah, so the whole time where, or the reasoning why Tick came back on time, uh, a lot of people were confused about that, you know, because Tick was in St. Louis, uh, and also um, you had uh, Hepolita. She was in, what, Kansas City? Or Kansas? So, yeah, she, she was in Kansas, Mayfield, Kansas at that, and it's some ways away. And to get to St. Louis, to get from St. Louis to um, Mayfield, it's some ways away. So... Yeah, I, so the theory was, you know, how did Tick get there? So we all brainstormed and put our heads together. Actually, it was mainly Critical and Nikki to put their heads together, but I was there, but they didn't know it. And uh, we all agreed that it's possible when Tick went inside the portal, he has to come back at that exact time before Hippolyta was attacked so he can uh, save Hippolyta from being uh, killed, you know. So that, so that was, so that was uh, uh, one thing. And the other thing is uh, Lancaster's men. Remember, Tick threw one of Lancaster's men inside the portal. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that on the next episode, which is today, when it drops, uh, that's when the guy's going to come from the portal, and he's going to tell Lancaster everything what happened. And, you know, it was two people that were already there, and that's going to give Lancaster a heads up, because I can't see, I mean, the comic book alone, I guess it can do enough, you know, like, but, you know, it, it can come from anywhere, you know what I mean? It could be something that the police officer just happened to pick up, and he, and assailant killed them, you know what I mean? And so, I, you know, it's no telling, I felt like it's too ambiguous if, they, if the police officer doesn't come back from the portal to explain everything what happened, then, you know, it's more direct. Okay, somebody, it's a group of people that know what they're doing with this time machine, or, you know, other than it's a guess, it's just a murder like that happened around the time machine, and I'm missing uh, cop, so, or race soldier, however you want to put it. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, here I am, 
clean up uh, for the Cali Nikki's mess. But I do what I do. You know what I'm saying? I, I think this should be my show. And, and and also I'd like to apologize for those who had to wait. You know, I understand the show is coming out later on tonight. So hopefully you all get a chance to check this out as well. Alright? Yeah, so due to, due to complications with uh with uh work work schedules, I had a, a wedding to go to and shout out shout out to B. Shout out to B. I never really met B before, but I always hear critics out talk about B. Shout out to B and congratulations to him and the lovely Lisa. They uh, just got married, did this time tonight. Alright, alright. But uh that's it for everything I had to talk about. But um yeah, I'm just uh, cleaning up their mess. That's what I do.